the Biden administration is investing $207 million in domestic fertilizer and renewable energy projects. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says this investment will help farmers and ranchers while reducing energy costs in the agricultural sector. That's what we call a win-win. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, is putting $50 million towards seven fertilizer production projects across seven states. These projects will enhance U.S. fertilizer production, including a state-of-the-art facility in Nebraska and an innovative anaerobic digestion facility in North Carolina. Cool, huh? And wait, there's more. The USDA is also granting $157 million through the Rural Energy for America program, RIAP, to fund 675 renewable energy initiatives in 42 states. From solar arrays helping wastewater treatment in Colorado to energy-efficient refrigeration systems in South Dakota, these projects will promote environmental sustainability. Over $94 million from the Inflation Reduction Act is dedicated to the REAP funding, which will help farmers cut energy costs and create new revenue streams. Agriculture Secretary Vilsack is confident that these investments will expand renewable energy infrastructure, boost domestic fertilizer production, create jobs, and save costs for individuals and businesses. Pretty amazing, right? These announcements show that the Biden administration is committed to a greener, more sustainable future. Australia has taken a stand against cybercrime by deploying its autonomous framework in response to the Medibank private cyber attack. Deputy Prime Minister Richard Marles reveals the unprecedented steps taken to address the breach. The attack on Medibank Private exposed a chilling reality with 9.7 million records stolen, including sensitive medical information. The Australian Signals Directorate and the Federal Police, under Operation Aquila, identified Russian cyber criminal Alexander Ermakov as the culprit. Australia has imposed a targeted financial sanction and a travel ban on Ermakov. The gravity of this action is emphasized as it is punishable by imprisonment and fines. The move aligns with the 2023-2030 Australian Cybersecurity Strategy, which showcases the government's commitment to countering cyber threats. Deputy Prime Minister Marley's emphasizes the relentless pursuit of cyber criminals globally. Minister Penny Wong highlights the costs and consequences for those targeting Australia. Minister Claire O'Neill reinforces the government's condemnation of cybercrime and advises against paying ransoms. The Treasury Department just gave the green light for over $228 million to fund high-speed internet projects in New York. The funds are part of the American Rescue Plan's Capital Projects Fund and they're going to connect tens of thousands of homes and businesses in New York to affordable, high-speed internet. A digital revolution is on the horizon and we're all in for the ride. Wally Adeyemo, the Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, can't stress enough how significant this move is. The pandemic has made it painfully clear that the digital divide exists, and this funding is a crucial step towards President Biden's vision of equitable access to high-speed internet for all Americans. Governor Kathy Hochul's 
Connect All initiative is at the forefront of delivering high-speed internet to countless families. And with this federal investment, we're keeping New Yorkers connected, empowered at work, and linked to vital benefits and services. Senator Chuck Schumer is a driving force behind this initiative. He's made it clear that over $228 million is going to rural and underserved communities. The goal, closing the digital divide across the state so that high-speed internet reaches every corner. This is a bipartisan effort, and everyone agrees that internet access is not a luxury, but a necessity. This federal investment will bring broadband to communities that have lacked access for years, improving the quality of life for New York families. Congressional leaders like Hakeem Jeffries and Nidia Velasquez are applauding the funding as a lifeline for underserved regions, and Representative Grace Meng continues to fight for internet access, emphasizing its importance for everyone. Representative Brian Higgins reminds us that reliable, high-speed internet is a necessity, not a luxury. The funds from the bipartisan infrastructure law are historic, addressing digital disparities and ensuring connectivity for all. This monumental move signifies a step towards an inclusive, digitally connected New York. Recently, a foreign affairs article highlighted both the challenges and opportunities AI presents to our world. Artificial Capable Intelligence, ACI, ACI has the potential to transform healthcare, education, and economies, among other things. But with great power comes great responsibility, and there are risks associated with AI, such as misinformation, job disruptions, and cyber threats. It's important to find a balance between the benefits and risks. Containing AI is important, but it's similar to the Cold War containment strategies, and it requires a multi-dimensional approach, which includes regulation, technical safety, governance models, and global cooperation. Everyone has a role to play in shaping AI, not just lawmakers or tech giants. Consumers, citizens, and global leaders all have a part to play in creating a better future. It's a collective effort, addressing hard, technical questions, forming international treaties, and fostering mass global movements are all part of the containment initiative. Nigeria's commitment to democracy and the challenges it faces just before the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, arrives for a visit. Nigeria's Foreign Minister, Yusuf Toga, is eager to work with the U.S. to promote democratic values in a region that has been struggling with political unrest. Let's explore the strategies they plan to discuss to strengthen democratic institutions as Nigeria strives to regain its regional influence. Tugar emphasizes the need to balance fighting terrorism with strengthening democratic norms. It's a delicate dance that could shape the future of democracy in the region. Antony Blinken's tour, which includes Cape Verde, Ivory Coast, and Angola, shows the U.S. administration's increased interest in Africa. Nigeria, being the continent's economic powerhouse, plays an essential role in these diplomatic efforts. Despite recent challenges, including the Niger coup, Nigeria remains a key ally of the U.S. Tugger shares his aspirations from joining the BRICS alliance to advocating for a more inclusive UN Security Council. 
However, as we navigate through diplomatic intricacies, we also talk about Nigeria's appeal to the US to use its influence to stop the conflict in Gaza. Togger's plea for a two-state solution resonates amid the complexities of international relations in a world where global powers like China and Russia play strategic roles in Africa. Tugger emphasizes the need to resist external interference. In the mist-covered hills, we can hear the sound of artillery shells echoing. This is a hint of the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hezbollah. Lieutenant Colonel Dotan Razili has noted an unusual quiet, which raises suspicions of an undeclared war. This battle involves as many troops as the Gaza conflict, but it remains largely static with missiles artillery, and infiltration being the main weapons. Although it hasn't escalated to an all-out war, residents on both sides are feeling the heat. Are we looking at the precursor to a full-blown conflict? U.S. diplomats are trying to broker a ceasefire and urging Hezbollah to step back. However, the militant group vows to keep firing missiles as long as Israeli forces engage in Gaza. The stakes are high with fears of a ground assault on southern Lebanon. The situation is intolerable for Israelis, from farmers to army chiefs. Evacuations are underway, leaving ghost villages in the wake of potential danger. The echoes of past conflicts and the recent Gaza assault loom large, amplifying the fear. The border war persists, forcing Israeli troops into a defensive stance. Artillery exchanges and missile launches have become routine. The sound of conflict in these woodlands challenges the army's accustomed role as an attacking force. Amidst this, the fear of a broader conflict looms. Hezbollah, battle-hardened from Syria, aims to restrict attacks while Israel considers pushing them away. Vladimir Putin's forces are advancing on Avdivka and the International Institute for Strategic Studies is raising concerns about Russia's shift towards non-strategic nuclear weapons. The big question is, could Putin escalate with nuclear force, relying on perceived Western reluctance? Additionally, the Institute for the Study of War reports that Russian soldiers are advancing in the east. Avdivka, a pivotal town, is now a battleground. The situation is serious, and we're all hoping for the best. On a positive note, Poland's Prime Minister, Donald Tusk, recently extended a message of friendship to President Zelensky. It's a rare moment of solidarity in the midst of escalating tensions. As the crisis unfolds, President Biden warns that Ukraine could collapse without continued U.S. aid. A $60 billion request is currently under consideration, adding another layer of complexity to the geopolitical chessboard. Russia, however, is not backing down. They criticize Western military aid to Ukraine at the UN which raises political tensions on the global stage. China, Russia's ally, is also concerned about the war's impact on global security. As conflicts intertwine, the world faces a delicate balance between diplomacy and potential chaos. In a UN meeting, Russia dismisses peace plans backed by Kyiv and the West. Sergei Lavrov claims Ukrainian forces are incapable, while the US counters with accusations of disinformation. In a candid reflection, the UK's Defence Secretary warns of a world on the brink. 
caught between conflicts. We're all living in uncertain times, but we can get through this together. The European Union has made a groundbreaking decision to deploy military forces in the Red Sea to secure merchant shipping. This is a big deal because there have been rising tensions and attacks by the Houthi movement in Yemen. What's even cooler is that the EU's mission focuses on safeguarding cargo ships. They're deploying European warships and early warning systems, which is a unique strategy to counter the challenges posed by the Houthis. The mission is set to begin next month, and it aims to bring an end to Houthi attacks. These attacks claim to target ships related to Israel, and they have broader implications on global trade, posing a threat to the central arteries of free shipping. However, diplomatically, the EU faces hurdles with Spain opposing the extension of the existing anti-piracy operation. The geopolitical complexities reveal the delicate balance nations strive to maintain in addressing regional conflicts. While all of this is happening, discussions about a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict echo in Brussels. EU High Representative Joseph Borrell emphasizes the need to shift focus from vague peace talks to concrete steps for a two-state solution. But there's still skepticism surrounding the viability of a two-state solution, especially as Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu rejects the idea. The diplomatic tension reflects the challenges of finding a path to peace in the Middle East. North Korea's recent military maneuvers and growing alliance with Russia have sparked concerns about war. The recent testing of weapons by North Korea, including hypersonic warheads and underwater nuclear systems, has raised some questions. Is Kim Jong-un trying to send a message, or is there something more significant going on? The situation has become more complex as North Korea strengthens its ties with Russia amidst the Ukraine conflict. President Vladimir Putin's planned visit adds to the uncertainty. Are these two nations collaborating on more dangerous weapons, or is it just a coincidence? It's a worrisome scenario. Kim's recent announcement abandoning talks of reunification with South Korea and the threat to deploy nuclear weapons signal a shift. Veteran analysts suggest that Kim might have made a strategic decision to go to war. The stakes are high. However, there are differing opinions. Some argue that it's a tactic to make the US take North Korea seriously, urging a reduction in sanctions. Others see it as a ploy for engagement and concessions. The uncertainty adds to the complexity of the situation. Park Wongon, a North Korea expert, notes that North Korea is aware of the suicidal nature of war. Could these threats be a call for engagement and concessions, hoping to ease sanctions? It's like a game of geopolitical chess. Please remember that GeoRumor provides news updates, not professional advice. If you need personalized guidance, be sure to consult with licensed professionals. Thanks for tuning in to GeoRumor, folks. Stay informed, share your thoughts, and don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and share with friends and family.